Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another, another batch of episodes only here in The Virus. You guys are tuned into The Virus, brought to you by Voice Box Training University in partnership with Bounce Back Network. And guys, I'm so excited. If you guys don't know who I am, my name is Josh Vasquez. I want you to call me the Josh. And right now, we're going to talk about a lot of failures, a lot of successes in our second edition of the virus. The pandemic has definitely caused a lot of us to go crazy. But right now, I don't know if I'm crazy or nuts, but I'm with someone who's really, really going to bring the life out of every single person who's watching right now. Just going to give you a bit of an introduction to everyone who's watching right now. Listen up. Bring your family members, bring all your friends, bring absolutely anyone who would like to 10 extra life. Because right now, we're going to talk about how a $750 million empire was created. That's right, $750 million empire was created in the United States of America. I got the number one authority in sales and marketing training none other than Cardone Training Technologies. We got Cardone Capital, millions of lives being changed every single day. And right now, ladies and gentlemen, to kick off our pilot episode for the second edition, the second season of the virus, I'm joined with a former VP of sales of Cardone Enterprises. And right now, the president of Cardone Enterprises and the co-host of Young Hustlers, and he flies alongside the greatest sales trainer of all time. You guys know who he is, Uncle GC, Grant Cardone. And this guy just invested 25 million pesos in real estate. A super dad. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching this, please welcome Jared Glant. Jared, thanks for being here, my man. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it's, it's great to be here, Josh. I'm glad we were able to finally put this together. It's been like a, a year in the making. Yeah, man, it's been a year. So, like, the past six months has been crazy. Um, when you guys, the last time that we talked, you guys were in Malaysia, and I was trying to bring you here in the Philippines, but we're still working on that. You know, success takes a lot of time. And I'm just excited to have you here, brother. How has the past six months been for you guys back there? Yeah, you know, I think just like for, for most other people, we're having to pivot and adjust and, and modify our business. Um, you know, fortunately, you know, one of the lessons that I learned from, from Grant, uh, you know, this concept of multiple flows of income and never being reliant on one thing and events were a, a good part of our business, but, um, they didn't represent the entire business. Right. And so when COVID hit and every venue started shutting down and events started having to get canceled and people couldn't go out and and travel to go see events and they were, you know, afraid to even get out of their own house, you know. Um, you know, we were able to pivot and, and really leverage the other areas of our business to make up for the shortcomings there. And so, you know, the, the importance of having uh, lines of income in business uh, are extremely important. And uh, I think this whole pandemic has highlighted that more than ever. And, and also just the ability to be nimble and move and to change and not get stuck. Because other people, you know, they also get overwhelmed. They get stuck where they're at. Uh, they get stuck inside their head. They see everything going on because they're watching too much of the news. And, uh, and then they, they get paralyzed in fear. And then they end up getting stuck. And, and then they end up becoming overtaken by everything. 
and and they they give up every ounce of power that they have. So, you know, I think the last six months for us were a really good exercise in how nimble we could be. Uh, it was a, an exercise, really a test in the strength of our business model, uh, which uh, which actually, uh, you know, we're, we'll have uh, our best year ever this year. And so, um, you know, we, we are very proud with where we're at and happy the way that uh, we were able to make it make it through everything. Yeah. yeah. So what I was saying, right, a lot of people like when, when they saw the news, they were looking at Granite, hey, is he going bankrupt? Either falling apart? What happened to your sales team? And we were seeing a lot of videos. Like for those of you guys who are following them, you guys know that these guys are 10Xers. And if you've been avidly following them, you, you'd be seeing that their videos kind of change. And I was looking, I was looking at it. I saw some comments, hey, Grant's losing people. And I know that was a challenge. You have to let go of some folks as well, because everything was all about survival for you guys sure, take, take sure. me through that time take me through that time you being there all the time when 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 those things were pivoting when you had to make hard decisions with Grant Cardone what was it like for you in your position how was it for you well you, you know I mean there's there's kind of two parts to your question there like number one is I think that um, we learned a lot uh, number one about you know the amount of people out there that actually want to see us fail uh, and number two, how jaded people are with people who are online um, proclaiming uh, some type of front or, you know, calling themselves this or that, uh, showing pictures of the cars and all the nice stuff. Um, we got to see how skeptical people really are because that was the first thing everybody started attacking. Very few people outside of uh, a, a circle of, you know, myself, our COO, Sherry, Grant, you know, Ryan, you know, like a very small group of people actually knew uh, that there was not a chance that Grant was going to lose a penny uh, in his real estate portfolio. You were that and, confident. And well, like, like I, I know personally that he was sitting on enough cash, his mm -hmm. own cash, yeah. cash yeah. reserves to fund the properties without renters for wow. three years. So to think about that, he could not collect rent for three years in all the properties and he would be able to cover that on his own, out of his own pocket. So people, people don't understand when you get up to those levels of, of income and wealth, like really what that means. And people make a lot of judgments, um, you know, from the outside looking in um, we are, we're in an incredibly strong position going in, uh, stronger going out, and this will be a springboard. We'll try, we'll, we'll actually slingshot out of this. Other people will, will kind of go from a stop and they'll kind of slowly accelerate out of this whole thing. We've, we will slingshot out of this and this will be a massive grab for us, both on the real estate side and in our business. And right. to your other question about, uh, you know, people and, and, and decisions we have to make. I mean, you know, some of the largest corporations in the world had to lay off 40% of their workforce. Airlines are, 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 are in danger of bankruptcy. Companies that were doing billions of dollars have filed bankruptcy. Uh, you know, massive malls are, uh, you know, big retailers are, are, you know, having to close their doors down. So, you know, it, it's, it's incredibly naive for people to think that some massive event like this would happen and a business with 185 employees wouldn't have to make adjustments. And, you know, is it fun to talk about? No. Is there always going to be somebody who's going to find a way to hate on you? Yes. 
But, you know, dude, it is what it is. And we had 180 employees. We have 155 employees now. Um, so all things considered, I think we did extremely uh, well. Uh, we made the right decision every step of the way. We don't re regret one thing that we did. And, you know, again, I think that anybody who would speak out against that or having to make those decisions, number one, doesn't own a business. Number two, uh, is incredibly naive. Like, like, and, and naive is probably a soft word to use to, to demonstrate their lack of understanding about you, how you, business you'd, you'd works. You'd probably stay stupid, yeah? I, I, I'd probably pick something worse than that. Yeah. Um, because it, it really is, it's like amateur hour. It, it, right, they right. can't understand that. Like, uh, and then number three, people who are just trying to figure out any, any reason they can to, to throw hate or shade our way. And when you're trying to do something bigger, you have to be prepared for that. We got nailed for like six months, like everybody trying to take digs at us and take shots at us. And, and we just, you know, we, we take a little, uh, you know, what do they say? Um, the lion doesn't worry about the gnat or the elephant doesn't worry about the fly, you know, like you, you yeah, get yeah. so big and you get something massive moving. Like th these are things that just happen and, and they, they don't even, they have zero emotional response on us. We just keep doing our thing and keep winning. Yeah. I love that, man. And you see, it's all about, it's all about moving forward rather than looking at those people who want to keep you stuck in a rut. Right. Yeah. And and Jared, I, I want to make sure that as people are watching, if you guys are tuned in right now, you're watching The Virus. I'm with Jared Glant, the president of Cardone Enterprises. Jared, uh, you're watching and you're here right now and we have a Filipino crowd. What, oh, yeah. do you know, wh what do you know about us? What do you know about the Philippines? And we were talking about this earlier. Yeah, so I wanted to share a bit about that, man. Share a bit about that. Well, so I'll just say that uh, growing up, I grew up in San Diego and there's um, a, a large military population and a large Filipino population uh, in San Diego. And so uh, probably 30 or 40% of my friends growing up were Filipino. And so I got to go to parties and uh, meet the big families and, and eat loads of like lumpia and pancit and sisig and I mean, uh, uh, adobo, like I, I, I'm like, I'm all in on, on the, Philipp the Philippines. So uh, you, you said seasick, man. You said seasick. Did you eat that? Do you like it? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. I love that. That's my favorite, man. Yeah. So, you know, I can't wait to, I, I, you know, like I said, we've been talking about doing something for a year. So I can't wait to, to get out to the Philippines. I, you know, beautiful beaches. The people are amazing. Like the, the, I, the, the Filipino people are some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. They're, they're kind, they're warm, they're welcoming, they're respectful. Like, uh, they, 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 they have community. Like I, I love so many things about, and they're hard workers, you know, like you look at, you look at the amount of, I mean, you can just see that demonstrated by the amount of us businesses that go to the Philippines for talent. And, and, and work and, and, and to, to, to have partnerships with people and do stuff together. So, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan and I really can't wait to go out there. I love that, man. And we'll be glad to welcome you here. And like, this is just amazing because people here are wondering, hey, you know what, 10Xing, it, they feel like it just works in a certain country, you know, that like they feel like, hey, you know what, 10Xing, you can't really do that in a third world country. You can't do that in a developing nation. You got to do that somewhere where there's a lot of opportunities. And now there's this mentality and there's this mindset that 
if they're watching and they're hearing about 10x, 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 because I did carry that from you guys as well. When I started my own business, everything was rooted from 10x. People were saying, hey, you know what? That's too ambitious in a country such as ours. But tell us about that, man. Like, what is really well, 10x? I, mean, I, would, I, would, I would argue that that's exactly, that. You, it's more important there. It's yeah. more important there than it is here because you have uh, challenges to overcome there that we don't. You know, mm. like there's, there's a whole different set of rules and, and, and those vary by country. And yeah. so, you know, like in Eastern Europe, people are very complacent and, um, you know, they are, it's extremely hard to get people engaged. Um, in other countries like uh, India with a, a, a booming, like, uh, like th there's in, in the Philippines and China, like these are countries where there's massive expansion right now. And and if you go back to where the U.S. was 75 years ago, yeah. when, uh, 80 years ago, when the middle class was building, it went from, you know, people were very poor to uh, uh, economic opportunities started presenting themselves. And it was the people who were hungry and actively searching for those opportunities that ended up creating companies. You know, timing is a very, very important tool to use as an entrepreneur. And right. you can use timing one of two ways. You can either guess and try to get lucky, or you can continue to show up every single day like that one opportunity is going to be there for you that day. And you do that with consistency until you hit. I, I err on the side of continuing to show up. That means you have to have discipline. You have to have yep. persistence. That means you have to have confidence. Uh, that means that you, you have to have the ability to continue to show up and be willing to fail, yeah. knowing that one, one of the times that you step up to, 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 to swing the bat, yep. uh, as we'd say in, in baseball, one of those times that you step up and swing the bat, you're going to make contact and you're going to hit a home run. And, yeah. and, and I believe that the people in the Philippines and in other countries that are developing and, and, and having access on a global platform to more and more opportunity, I think that 10X is more important there uh, than it could ever possibly be here. Yeah. I love that, man. I love that. It's like you have more reasons to actually 10x rather than just like relax and all. Uh, yeah. Give us, give us an understanding of this. Maybe there are some folks here right now, like this is the first time they're encountering 10x. What's 10x for an ordinary person? And I know this turns an ordinary guy into an extraordinary one, but what's 10x, Jared, in simple terms for you? Yeah, so 10x is based on the premise that most people fall short of the life that they deserve to live because they simply underestimate what it will take in order to get it. And so that means that, uh, and, and in some cases, nobody, people don't even get the clarity of what they really want or why they want it. They underestimate significantly a lot of things in life. Uh, they underestimate how much money is gonna be required to live the life that they want. They underestimate the network and the connections that are going to be required to live the life that they deserve to live. They underestimate the amount of work and creativity that it will take in order to get them there. And so what happens is, is everybody falls kind of into this big bucket called average, where a lot of people have bought into this idea that it can't possibly be any better than what I see around me. And then there's the few people who step outside of that and go, I know exactly what I want. You know, I want to have, you know, um, 25 million pesos uh, in income every year, or, uh, you know, I want to have 
10 million pesos in passive income every month or, or whatever the target is, they get clear on that. And then they reverse engineer, like, what is it going to take in order for me to get there? And then they put a plan together where every single day they're working towards that, that thing that they want. And while you're in it day to day, it may not seem like you're making much progress, but when you step back and you look over the course of a year from where you started and where you're at, if you're disciplined with executing your plan, then you can see the progress. And so, so 10 X is about setting the right target in the first place. Not saying that I want to be average and I'm going to judge myself, but I'm going to judge myself by the outliers. I'm going to reach up and I want to be the most successful person in my community or in my town or in my industry even. And, and, and putting a plan together in place in order to hit that and then understanding the work that will be required to get there. So, so the 10x rule is, is, is putting all of those things together so that people actually have a shot at living the life that they see on Instagram or, or the life that they, they read about in, in magazines or that they see about online, because it can happen. I've, I've met Josh. I can't tell you how many uh, highly, highly successful people I've met people that are worth tens of millions, hundreds of millions, even a couple billionaires. And I can promise you, I have not met one. I mean, I, there's probably a small handful, maybe less than 10 people that I've met where I've gone, they have some kind of superpower. They're wired differently, they think differently, like they have, the majority of people who I, who I know that are making millions every year, there's nothing different. And in fact, some cases I look at them and I go, how the heck are they making the kind of money that they're making? It's because they show up every day, they set an audacious goal and target, and then they, they put in the work and they make up for their lack of intelligence with their work ethic. Dude, that's, that's just so yeah. good, man. That's so good. And I, I guess I want to ask you, like, where's the borderline? Where's the borderline? Because what I picked up from that was like, you have to set the right targets. Like, who gets to pick the standards for a target when you're trying to 10x? Because I know Grant, Grant, Grant always says, he always says like, you don't compare yourself. You don't, you don't compete. You dominate. That means like you're only comparing yourself to your potential. How does that work? Like, how do you know what your potential is? Well, I, I think it, 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 people don't know their potential. Like they, they, they don't understand what their potential is. They have where they're at today. And then the universe or God or whoever, however you want to believe in it. Yeah. There's a predetermined like a thing that you're capable of doing. And so there's this gap between where you are and your potential. It's like and point A, people, point B. Yeah, so, and the people who are committed to improving their skills and abilities start moving closer to their potential. But here's the thing, the, the success lies in the gap between where you're at and your potential. Mm -hmm. But as, as your skills and abilities grow, and it would appear that you would be moving closer to your potential. Here's the crazy thing. What? Yep. You're not moving towards your potential because as you continue to grow and expand, so does your potential. So it's this crazy, it's this crazy dichotomy of in order to reach more of your potential, you have to become a bigger, better, more impactful person. But as you do that, you become capable of more. So your potential grows. Come on. So it's it's this really interesting thing. Like people are reaching for this thing called their potential and it's a constant chase. And that when, when you get past money, like once you get to a level where 
where where money is not um, a, a necessity, like like all your bills are covered. Like that's why I invest in real estate with Grant. I've got like three million dollars U.S. invested in real estate with him, and I've been investing with him for like seven years. Um, I'm buying. I'm trying to buy passive income because I I want to be able to get to a point early on in my life, maybe in the next five years, where I can stop thinking about money and start chasing my potential. How big can I get? How much can I accomplish? And 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 it's and it's it's easy for somebody who's made it and they're super wealthy to to look back and go, look, don't focus on money, focus on purpose and passion and all those things. But let's be real. Like for me, for you, for people listening here, do money is extremely important to us right now. Like we got to pay bills. Like we're not in a financially free situation in most cases. Like like we have to put things in place to get us to the point where we go. I mean, just imagine if you this and this is how I help people set set goals. Like you asked, what's potential? How do they know what to like? What what people need to do is they have to sit down and have a really honest conversation with themselves about what they want. Notice I said what they want and not what they want to do. Too often people try to figure out what they want to do, and that's a really really hard thing to 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 come to terms with. For me, it was next to impossible. I spent. Seven years of my life, from the time I was 20 until or 19 till the time I was 26, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. You know, people ask, "What do you want to do for for the rest of your life?" I don't know. I'll tell you what I want, though. I want to be young, with a lot of passive income, so that I can have freedom to do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it, with whoever I want to do it. And I want to be able to spend time with my family, and I want to be able to travel. And so, so I think a lot of people would say, "Hey, that sounds like a pretty good plan." So now, what you have to do is you have to move from the idea that, "Hey, that would be what I call my ideal scene." My ideal scene would afford me a lifestyle where I could do all those things. So now, what I have to do if I want to have a shot at getting that is I have to define the the cost of living that ideal life. So now I go, okay, well. It's going to cost for me to travel and to do those things that I want to do, plus live and support my family and all these things. I mean, I'm going to need at least fifty thousand dollars a month in passive income so that I can have the freedom. But in addition to that, I still want to invest. So I really need like a hundred thousand dollars a month or two hundred thousand dollars a month in passive income. Again, where I'm not working, I'm completely passive in the situation. So now I'm like, okay, well, in order for me to get a hundred thousand dollars a month in passive income, I have to get to where I have ten million in cash invested in an asset that will produce cash flow, that will provide me with a passive paycheck. So now I go, okay, this is my ideal life. This is how much it's going to cost. This is how much I need in order to provide me with the passive income to pay for that. Now I've got a specific target, so now I'm like, now I need to get 10 million. So now I just need to figure out how to get 10 million. And if if my target is to have that ideal life by the time I'm 50, yeah, that means I've got 13 years to do it, and I'm I've got uh, 3.2 million dollars in cash and assets right now. So now that means I need to come up with 6.8 million dollars over the next uh, 13 years.